morning, everybody. Oh, man. We're in First Peter today. Before we jump into the Word, I just want to say, I give a, a congratulations. We love, celebration is something, it's fun to do, just to say, God is good. Um, and so one of our uh, beloved sisters in Christ had a birthday this week. Miss Joyce, how old did you turn? 83. 83. <laughs> 83 years old. Uh, we thank the Lord for you. We love you, girl. Um, so we're in First Peter uh, this, this morning. So we've been in First Peter for two weeks. We've learned two things, really, okay? We've learned that we are exiles. We are strangers. We are foreigners living in this land. When I brought my wife and kids to India, um, they are whitish. They're white. Um, they stick out in India. Like, in, in, I, I, I'm Mexican, but I'm tall and big, so I'm kind of weird. But, they, like they, but you, everyone knows, we walk around them and goes, they don't belong here. It's very, you know, so the question is, if we don't belong here, how do we act? We're exiles, we're sojourners. But we're told that the reason we're sojourners, we've been born again into a new family. We've been born, we're born to our family whether it's the Alanises or the Robinsons, whatever family you're born into. We're also born in, if you're born again, you're born into God's family. So we're exiles, we're, we're born again exiles. And today we learn how do we act living in this land that we have moved to. You see, um, back in like, oh man, I think like 722 BC, Babylon invaded Jerusalem. And King Nebuchadnezzar surrounded the city of Jerusalem and just, back in the day when you went to take a city, you'd surround the walls and you'd starve them out. Because in the walls, you, have no, you can't grow food, right? Actually, the water's very limited. And you just wait them out until it's so miserable inside there, they give up. So they come, they wait it out to everyone's side. It gets weaker and weaker and more desperate. The Nebuchadnezzar broke those walls down and burned Jerusalem to the ground. He tore down God's temple, tore down the palace, and took all the Jewish people and brought them as slaves to Babylon. The Jews were living in Babylon. They, they're not Babylonian. They're not from Babylon. They're living there as exiles. And the question is, how would they act? They knew their true allegiance was to Yahweh, to God Almighty. But they're living in this new land. How do they act as Jews in the Babylonian world? It's the same question we have today. How do we, as born-again children of God, how do we act in this world? I'm living here in Babylon. I don't belong here. How then shall we live? Peter answers the question for us. We begin in verse 14. As obedient children, remember, born again, children. As obedient children, not being conformed to the former lusts, which were yours in your ignorance. Stop right there. Not being conformed to your former lusts. He's saying here, Peter goes, listen, the way you learned how to be a person was wrong. The old, the, whatever you were given, whatever you learned, that former way of life, that former way of life, it was yours in ignorance and it wasn't good. It wasn't good. When I was in college, we had a guy at our school who um, 
committed an act of racial hatred in our college. He did something that was very, very prejudiced and very, very controversial. He was expelled for what he did. And he came back the next semester. And when he came back, he was one of the most popular kids in the school. Well, me and some of, the, some of my crew, we were, uh, we're not very Christian. We're not very godly. We were, we were hood is what we were. We were rowdy. We caused a lot of trouble. Um, I've said it before that my college, Moody, they did an experiment and let a bunch of kids in that were weird, and I was part of that experiment. So me and my crew were all the, let's see what happens. Well, it went really awesome, let me tell you. But this kid walking around had done this terrible thing racially to some of our friends who were minorities. When he came back, we were still angry about it. We'd always give him the, 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 the stink eye, we'd see him. I'd give him a shoulder. You ever do that when you walk by someone, you give him a shoulder? The, I mean, you shouldn't do that, I'm just saying. That was the former life. That was how I learned, if I'm mad at someone, I'm going to let them know. I'm going to stink at you, I'm going to give you a shoulder, I'm going to talk trash on you. And I did, I'm like, you did wrong, and for your wrong, I'm going to make you pay. So one day, him and his crew were tired of me and my crew being mean to him. So they said, you know what? Let's just deal with this once for all. Let's have a fight. And we said, bet. So we, had this, we, we made an agreement. It was going to be a 10-minute brawl out in the plaza. And the, the prize was, it was like 14 of us versus 23 of them. And they had to defend their one guy. And our goal was to break through their lines and get our hands on the racial hater. That was, that was social justice back in the day for us. Um, so we have this fight. And it was, in, it, you ever seen the movie Outsiders? Uh, you know, white shirts, blue jeans, 50s fashion, still cool. It was the Outsiders. It was a brawl. I mean, I can't believe I was with the jail that night. It was, there was, a, my, when I came, when, I, when the fight was over, I was bloody, I was beaten. Got a few licks in. Uh, but here's what I, what I want to make. That night, like, after that night was over, like, I, me and you were dating at the time. We were dating, and she's like, you shouldn't do this. I'm like, it's okay, babe, it's fine. Uh, afterwards, I had some cracked ribs. I got no pity from her. I don't know why. No, uh, she was like, oh, poor baby. She's like, you stupid. Uh, but here's the thing. I tell you that story to tell you this. In my heart, I'm like, you did wrong to my friends, I'm going to punch you in the nose. And that was how the world made sense to me. Why? That's how I learned how to be a person. That, those were my former, that was my former life that I held in ignorance. We caused a lot of damage that night. We hurt a lot of people. And my reputation at college, people, I brought some junior hires back to Moody to see the school years later. So I'm a youth pastor now. I've settled down. brought some kids back to school. And there were some kids there that knew me. Some kids worked there that I'd gone to school with. And they told my junior high kids, Man, Ernesto, he's like, this is what they say. He goes, he's not very ethical, but he really loves Jesus. And I was like, dang. My reputation was a man who was very sinful, but kind of like Jesus a little bit. And that reputation was, was created because I let my old code rule my life. But listen, as obedient children, the old code cannot rule. 
the old call we received when we didn't know any better. He says, that was yours in ignorance, but like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. When the Bible says that we should be holy, it is saying being holy is about how we live our lives. Being holy, when the Bible says that we should be holy, it's saying to us that God has a standard of behavior that he teaches us and we're called to walk according to that standard. That is being holy. Being holy is a, it's how we live our life. Now for a lot of us, here's the problem. For a lot of us growing up in church world, a lot of preachers loved preaching their list. Whether you're Catholic, Lutheran, Methodist, we all got our own list, right? That's how old you are. Back in the day, it was like, you know, no dancing. Women can't wear pants. Uh, you know, when I was a kid, Harry Potter was the devil. No Harry Potter. And so all, there's all these lists, right? And every denomination, every preacher, it was very, it was, it was, it was, uh, very uh, convenient. Their list didn't include their own sins. Some guy might say, you know, don't cuss. And he was a glutton. He didn't say don't be a glutton. You know, he'd go to Ponderosa and tear the world down. He wouldn't, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't yell at himself. The list was always what you weren't, right? You yelled at people outside, never at yourself. And so what happened is many of us heard these lists. We were told, don't do, don't do, don't do. We go, you know what? That list seems kind of, you just made it up. You just made up the list. So what we do, we push against the list. We say, your list is kind of dumb. I'm free in Christ. I'm outskies. And so what we do is a lot of us, we started breaking the rules on the list because we felt free. So I, I know a lot of young believers or well, uh, middle, uh, I don't know, adolescent believers in Christ. The list said don't cuss. We started cussing. Ooh, I can cuss. Ooh. It said don't drink. Oh, I can drink. Ooh, do, do, do. We, so we start, we start breaking the rules. Oh. And here's the so, the lists were so wrong-headed, we reacted by saying, I can do what I want. And I, I, I was the same way. I pushed against the list hard. I'm like, your list is unfair. It's not from the Lord. I'm, a, I'm just going to be who I am. And one day I was in college, and I was thinking about this. Me and the guys were hanging out. We're having a, a campfire. And I remember saying these words out loud. I, I, it, took me, it took me weeks to figure this out. Weeks. I was sitting there thinking about it. And one day I just go, guys, guys, like, what up? I'm like, I have a thought. Like, what, dude? It's all, you know, dramatic. I'm like, I think sinning is bad. I had to come all the way back to that thought. I was pushing against the rules so much, I began elevating sin as almost something that showed, what, authenticity, honesty, but I, I'm, it says here, if we are exiles in this land, we are called to live our lives differently than the world around us. How we live should set us apart. My behavior should be different than the culture I happen to live in. The Jews in exile in Babylon were still called to honor the law God had given to them. In the same way, Christ has revealed a way to walk, and he he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. When the Bible says be holy, being holy is a matter of how we live our lives. Sinning is not good. 
It's not funny. It's not cool. Sin hurts God and sin mars our testimony. In college, I dated a girl before I met Angie, before I knew her. And we started dating and we broke up. And the reason we broke up, she told me. So I asked, I asked around about you. And the answers are all the same. That you're a really bad person. And it was true. My testimony was a fighter, a breaker of rules. And I was proud of my reputation. My floor, we had, every floor in college made a t-shirt. T-shirts for school, you know? It was like, you know, your floor, Colby, whatever it was. And Colby 10 had the greatest shirt of all time. It was a hand holding a Bible. And it said, hold my Bible while I kiss your girlfriend. <laughs> Which meant we're not spiritual, but we're stinking cool. Um, we were proud of our sinfulness, do you hear? And it hurt, it, it hurt my life for a long time. We are called as exiles to be holy. And being holy is a matter of how we live our lives. I know the lists, a lot of lists we were given were arbitrary and made up. But just because preachers are dumb does not mean we can do whatever we want. We are still called by the Lord to honor and obey him. How we live should set us apart as different than the world around us. I uh, often eat uh, breakfast at a place called Leo's. There's a lot of Leo's in Michigan, so I can say that. And I don't like wear a shirt that says, you know, pastor on it. I'm not like, everybody, I'm a pastor. I don't do that. But I try to be very kind to my waitresses. I try to be a very, like, if, if things are busy, I don't, like, complain. Where's my food at? You know, I don't try to be a jerk about stuff. Over time, I'm just at this place, and I'm just eating, and I, I meet all the staff over time. And one day, a waitress just says, what do you do for a living? I was like, oh, here we go. And I'm like, why do you ask? Said, well, you always come in, and you're always so kind. You always laugh so loud about things. What do you, what do? You, do? you have meetings with people, and the people you're with are always laughing about things. I'm like, I'm a pastor. And the way I lived my life in front of everybody there was a testimony of Jesus. That's the way it's supposed to work. Being holy, our lives point people to our Father. Listen to what he says next. He says this. So be holy yourselves in all your conduct, in your behavior. Why? Because it is written, you shall be holy for I am holy. God says, you be holy because I am holy. Our Father says, you've been born again to this new family. In the same way that you received maybe your eye color from your parents or your skin color or your musical abilities, in the same way, from your, you must look like your Father in heaven. Be holy because I'm holy. The Bible says about God in Isaiah, Isaiah has a vision of these angels bowing for the Lord, and they sing a song. And the angels sing the song, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is the, they can't just say it once. They've got to say it three times because God is high and lifted up. He's different than we are. 
We sing a song this morning called Awesome God. Great song, Ricky, great choice. Um, and the song Awesome God, okay, it's an older song. It's from the 80s. Really old. Uh, <laughs> right, Miss Joyce? Really old song from the 80s. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, so we hear that song and think to ourselves, God's an awesome God. Our God's an awesome God. We think, you know, our God is tubular, radical. That's not what it means. The word awesome means full of awe. It means I see something that inspires awe and reverence within me. Now, as Americans, we're not, the reason holiness is so hard for us, as Americans, the idea of holy is hard because we don't see anything as awe-inspiring. As Americans, we have, to us, nothing is sacred. We make fun of everything. We, we don't, like so. When I was, in South, I was in South Dakota once working on the cattle ranch, South Dakota is really flat. I don't know if you know, it's really flat. Like Michigan is mountainous compared to South Dakota. I mean, it's flat. And you can see the, you can see the storms coming in for miles. So one day we're working, and you see the storm rolling across the prairies. And you feel the air change, the pressure as it's coming. And everyone's running, getting the cows all in the barns, because this thing's going to shake the earth when it comes. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. Power goes down. Power's out for days and days and days. The storm's coming, and there was a moment I'm just standing out there watching, and I felt the power. I, I felt this, like, there was fear. Like, look at this power coming. We cannot stand against it. We cannot stop the wind or stop the lightning. And within us, we felt that awe of the power of God. Now, most Americans, storms to us do not make us stop and go, power of God. For most of us, storms are inconvenient. They, 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 I can't go shopping now, stinking storm, you know. We, nothing to us is sacred. Nothing to us is worth revering or respecting. So for us, holiness is very hard. But it says that God is not like us. He is different than us. And because he's so different, so high and mighty, we should enter his presence knowing he is special, he is different, he is great and worthy of respect and honor. When I met, I was in Chicago once, and I met the actor named Jackie Chan. He's a martial artist, okay? He's small, just so you know, he's like five foot four. Small guy, really nice, sweet Chinese man. And I meet him, and I am, I've seen all his movies. I, I'm a martial art fan. <laughs> so I, I see him, I go up to him, and I'm like, uh, Mr. Chan? I'm, I'm a big fan. You shake his, you know, just really like scared a little bit because I know in this little 58-year-old man, there's power in those legs. That guy has fought, like he's fought 15 dudes at once and beat them all up. I'm, I, got, I got a foot on the guy, I got 200 pounds on the guy. He would wreck, he'd throw my arm off and beat me to death with it. That's, this guy, there's power in this man. And so I come to him with some respect with some like, hey, you know, I don't mean to bother you, you know, good to meet you, because I know there's power and strength here. Listen, the God of all heaven and earth is holy. He's different than us. We should, we're called to be different, to be set apart, to be sacred, because the God we love is set apart and sacred. Be holy as I am holy. He goes on, verse 17. 
If you dress as father, the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, you conduct yourselves in fear, in reverence. Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your sojourn. Here it is again. Your exiles, while you're living on earth, remember, live your life in reverent fear of the God of heaven and earth because... You've not been redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your futile, but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the very blood of Christ. Why should we should be holy? Because God is holy. We should also be holy because we have been redeemed. We should be holy because we have been redeemed. There should be a gratefulness that Jesus Christ died to bring us into the family. I feel an indebtedness, a gratefulness for God's kindness to me and to you. There's a movie I went and saw when I was younger. I went to a midnight showing to see the movie Saving Private Ryan, Tom Hanks, a Steven Spielberg film. I bought a bunch of popcorn and snacks. I was ready to snack it up. Not a snacking movie. Opening scene, I'm going to put the popcorn down. Like This is a... This is not a snacking movie. But the opening scene of the film is not the Normandy Beach scene. Opening scene is an old man at Arlington National Cemetery. That old man walks out among the crosses, among the graves. And he goes to the grave of a man, a captain, who had led a mission to bring him home. And that entire platoon died bringing that one kid home. And with tears in his eyes, that old man says, I hope I earned it. I hope I, my life deserved the sacrifice you made for it. That scene is a very powerful scene. For those who have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, there should be within us a gratitude that Jesus died, that we may live. We should be grateful. I remember one time, It was uh, end of summer, and I didn't have any money to go to college. I didn't have any money. And I decided I can't go back to school. I'm going to take a year off to make money. I just, I, I, I didn't work enough hours, didn't have enough money to go to school. And so I'm, I was done. I was out. So literally, I'm getting off work 10 o'clock at night from my restaurant I worked at. And a car pulls up, and I'm like, man, I'm closing. You pull up at 9.55? Come on, man. You look at a restaurant, it's the worst thing in the world. When a guy pulls up at 9.55, you got to feed him, which is the worst. Don't be that guy. Um, <laughs> Walk in with 15 people. Ah, we beat the clock. Like, oh, I already stinking clean the grill. Um, but this car pulls in. Guy gets out. I'm like, oh. So I go to the counter and walks in with my good friends from school. I'm like, what are you doing here, dude? Gives me a hug. He goes, you're not coming to school. I'm like, oh, I can't afford it, dude. He's like, okay, let me give me, let me be right home. So we, I get the car, we're driving home. And uh, he just goes, hey, um, look under the seat. I pull out. This guy had a weird car, had a drawer under his seat. I pulled the drawer out. And in the drawer, it's full of money. And I'm like, this is a lot of money. He goes, listen, he's had a great job. Uh, he kind of lied, worked at a hospital. They thought he was a doctor for a summer. It was weird. <laughs> so, it's going to be a TV show. Anyways, um, he's like, I made enough for me and you to go to school this year. And I'm like, bro, you can't, I can't do this. He goes, dude, let's go home, let's pack. Let's, we went home, I packed. We drove all night to Chicago, and I started school next semester. You know what was in my heart? Gratefulness. This person, 
He had his whole year paid, said he paid two, one semester twice. And it was at the French, you didn't want me to see me stay home. He's like, I, I want to help you in this way. And I was thankful. I felt, I felt so privileged and so loved by his generous act of, of sacrifice for me. When it comes to our obedience to the Lord, I don't do it because I'm afraid if I don't, God's going to smoke me. I don't live afraid of the belt against the wall. You remember, you had a belt at your home, but they were scary. They just hang the, the, the spanking belt hanging on the wall. Scary thing. I don't, I don't, I'm not obedient because I'm afraid of the spanking belt. I'm a, a lot of my obedience flows from a grateful heart. I'm so grateful the Lord did so much for me, and out of that gratitude, I listen to him. Our third value, obey the king. We use a, we use a crown as a symbol because the crown is Christ is the king. We should listen when he speaks. The other night, the other night I was uh, shopping on my phone, which is real dangerous, like 11.30, everyone's sleeping, and I'm, I'm filling the cart. Do -do -do. <laughs> Up to $220. Do -do -do, yeah, baby. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to push purchase. I'm going to... I, I'm, I, I, was, I was so set on buying all these things. And I made a mistake. I decided to pray before bedtime. It's not a mistake, but... Yeah, yeah. So I pray. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, love you, going to bed. And the Lord just, he just speaks sometimes. He just goes, you don't got the money. I'm like, but Lord, I want this stuff. <laughs> and the Lord brought to my mind some other commitments, some other commitments we already made as a family. We could have afforded it. We're not, we're not hurting. Don't think we're financially... But I'm just saying, the Lord is very... In that moment, it's like, you don't need any of this. This is all just gravy. You don't need any of it. It was like, put it down. I'm like, but Lord, put it down. Like a little kid in the candy store. But I want it. And the question comes, do I obey my king or not? Do we obey our king or not? And the reason I obeyed was not because I was scared of him. It's because I love him and I know he's not... He's leading me in a good direction. Okay, Lord, your pie system I don't see. I'm not going to buy it. A race. Be holy because you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Now, we already learned that being holy is how we live our life, but it's not just how we live. Listen to this. It says this. We go all, jump all the way down to verse 22. It says, We have an obedience to the truth. Purify your souls for a love of the brothers without hypocrisy. Fervently love one another from the heart. He says, so holiness is about how we live, but holiness is also about how we love. Being holy is about how we love people. Now, some, some churches, what's happened, it's really weird. Conservative churches, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, we're big on living right. We preach a lot of morality. The more liberal churches, like the Methodists and some of those guys, they preach a lot on loving your neighbor, loving the least of these. It doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and. We sh our holiness should be defined by how we live and how we love. Not one or the other, but both working together. Listen, if you live, if you follow the Lord in obedience and love your neighbors, it's a powerful witness for Jesus. 
that shines so bright. And a lot of Christians, we say so many weird things. We say, the Lord told me I have to love you. He didn't tell me how to like you. He says, he says, fervently love one another from the heart. Yes, we like one another. There's affection between us. If any of you, don't ask my staff this, but if you ask, if you ask the people that work at Flint City Church, ask them the deacons of the church this question, they'll tell you this. If you work with me in close quarters, at some point, I'm going to call you in the middle of the day, and I'm going to say I'm sorry. Something that matters to me a lot is keeping peace between the brothers and sisters. If I feel that one of my actions caused hurt, if I, if the Lord, in, in prayer, the Lord says, Ernesto, someone want to talk to you, forgot about it. The Lord, bring, the, if he brings it to my mind, I'm going to call that person and say, listen, uh, I, I know you want to talk to me on Sunday. I got too busy. I'm so sorry. I forgot. I'll call on a People go, oh, man, don't worry about it. Right? If the Lord says to go, I, if you work with me close all, I'll call and apologize. Why? Because I want to keep the family without conflict among us. If conflict co comes up, my heart and my desire is to walk into the conflict, lay down my pride and say, I'm sorry I broke trust. I hate saying I'm sorry. I'm a proud man. When we first got married, it took me a long time to say sorry. It took me usually about two days to say sorry. Now it's like three minutes. <laughs> Give or take. <sighs> We're called to love each other. We used to say, as Christians, what do we say? We say, hate, uh, love the, hate the sin, love the sinner. It sounds great, but a lot of us just love to hate people. We talk mad trash on people. Oh, hate the sin, love the sinner. Listen, if you go up to me tell me you love me and then talk trash to my face, I don't feel loved by you. Free advertisement for us Christians in the room. You are not the Holy Spirit. It's not your job to put out the wrong in every person you know. Not on Facebook or Twitter. That's not, that's the Holy Spirit's job, not yours. Now, there are some people in the world, maybe a good friend of yours, God will say, talk to your good friend because you see him falling into sin. Talk to that person. Don't walk around with some kind of like, i got to tell every person what they're doing wrong. No one's going to like you. Us Christians got so big on telling everybody how to live right, we come off very unloving to a lot of people. Being holy is about how we live and about how we love. Both things. The question is, how do we do this? It's hard to live like Jesus. It's hard to love like Jesus. It's hard to forgive. It's hard. <laughs> if I'm on Court Street and someone passes me in the turn lane, it's hard not to give them a horn and a wave. Um, it's hard. They're doing wrong. I want to, like, oh, do you notice this? I got past a court the other day. I give him a little, uh -uh, a little hunk. Just let him know you're wrong. <laughs> so I, I pull down to the light at Dort, and I get to Dort, and uh, I hear, I, I'm sitting there in the truck listening to music, rocking. I hear, so I turn, there's someone, so I roll the window down, I'm like, yeah? And it's, it's these four teenagers. They're like, did you honk at us? I'm like, did I? Like, yeah, back there. But the, I'm like, oh, I did honking. You guys were, you were cutting me off off the, the turn lane. That's wrong. 
and those kids were like, beep, dude, and cussed me out. And I was like, window up. <laughs> but it's hard not to, like, listen, I was, at, I was at one of my daughter's games for basketball, and this guy was yelling at the refs, ref, you're doing this wrong. You know, dude, listen, if you, if you're, you got kids playing sports, Christians, calm it down. We shouldn't be the jerks. We shouldn't be the loud, scary, stupid people in the stands. That should not be us. I've seen so many Christ followers burn down their test over a softball game. It's shameful to the Lord. That's a free one. Now I'm at a, a basketball game, and this guy's yelling at the, 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 my daughter's team. And I'm looking back, and I'm looking forward, and I'm looking back, and, and I feel I, I want to speak. I just want to go, hey, calm it down, man. Now that, that simple statement, is that going to de-escalate the moment? No, that, that is saying, it's on, baby. Like, I, I am challenging that man. And I'm like, Lord? I, I, sometimes I ask permission. I was like, God, can I yell at this guy? And funny, when you ask the Lord that, he'll be like, nah, man. <laughs> it's hard not to yell at the dumb guy. It's hard. Being holy. So how, how can we be holy when the world we live in is so unholy? When it feels like being unholy, you know what it feels like? It feels like to fight fire with fire will work. It feels that way. It's not that way, but it feels that way, don't it? If they're mean, I'll just be meaner. Then I'll win. So at the end, Peter says this to us. He goes, listen, verse 23, you've not been born again of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. That is through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory is the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which will proclaim to you as good news. The word of God, the word of God was told to you in the first place, and you believed that it became a Christian. He says, in chapter 2, he says, Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, and envy, and all slander, like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word. <sighs> I love babies. When our kids were born, those were, those were some good months, dude. Like, it goes fast. Like, I know a lot of parents go, can't wait to get them out of diapers. Listen, those first few months where they just sleep right on your chest hours and hours it's the best I take the late shift between like what like 9 and 1 and me and the kid we stay up watch, I watch TV and just hold my daughter hold my son right there I, 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 it was great I loved, I loved him I still love him but that's a special time that bonding time I still I do love him still but they, they start crawling and they, they crawl away uh, but uh, um but it says here, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Listen, babies, when they cry, there's different cries. There's the, like, the, the gassy cry. When you, when you look into the baby more, you, the gassy cry. There's the dirty diaper cry. But there's, the, the main one is the hungry cry. That's the main cry. I'm hungry. And it's crazy how, how fast a baby gains weight in the first part of its life. Because it's, it's, it's drinking milk and it's just gaining all this nutrient, all this strength, and it's just growing into a healthy baby. It's just like a newborn baby longs for the milk. You should long for the word of God because the word of God is going to grow you towards salvation. 
So how do we be holy in this world? We have to eat the word of God. We have to, we have to drink it. We have to read it. We have to know it. We have to learn it. Because the word of God is going to insulate. It's going to educate. It's going to grow our souls. A lot of us have Bibles. Most of us don't ever read this thing. It is just not part of our lives. And so what, for most of us, our education comes from our TV and our smartphone. That's where we get our news and our opinions, not from the Word. They did a study. I was, at one of my classes, we learned this, that um, they asked parents where they learn how to parent their children. 80% of parents, you know where they're, you know where our, okay, so as parents, where did we learn how to be a parent? From our parents. That's the number one answer all the time. Then it's from friends, from like podcasts or like teaching. Number five is from the Word of God. We don't even go there to ask. The Word offers us wisdom and truth, and it offers us a, listen, we're exiles. We are in Babylon. And we have, we have the voice of our king. He wrote us a letter. And we have it. And if we need it, we need to get this word down inside of us so that we don't forget who we are. That we don't forget that this world is not our home. Because this world, when I lived in India for two years, you know what happened to me? I went native. In India, um, where I live, we're in a village, and we never use silverware, never forks and spoons. We ate with our hands. It's all rice and curry. And I asked the people, why do you eat with your fingers? And they said, they talked, they said, oh, uh, if, you, if you use a fork, you lose all the flavor. After two years, you know what? I started like, they're right, babe. There's more flavor with your fingers. And now, I, after two years, I became a master eating with my hands. And so I, I moved back to America. I was, I was in India so long, eating so much curry. You know what happened? My body odor changed because I'd curry in my blood. So when I sweat, curry would come out. Like I'd smell something. What's that smell? Oh, it's me. Um, but uh, I went native, okay? So I come back to America, and now when I eat Chinese food, when I eat, when I eat Thai food, when I eat Indian food, always, always my hand. It freaks people out. People, people are like, this is really weird. I'm like, this is how it tastes better. Uh, but a lot of us living in the world, we go native. We adopt the values of our American culture and say, well, this is what everyone else is doing. I'm going to live like they live. If we're not in the word, we don't realize there's a different way we've been given. Listen, there are Bibles in the pew in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, take one of these home. It's a gift to you. We have on our website, flintcitychurch.com, you can go on the website and you see a button that says the Dwell app. We'll give you a, the Dwell app for free, which reads the Bible to you out loud. You can drive around the Bible read to you out loud. We want the Word of God to get into your soul. We, we will do whatever we can to help you. On the Dwell app, we have a monthly reading pen. Read the plan with us. We're reading Proverbs every single month. What's today? Today's the 19th? Today we're reading Proverbs 19. And tomorrow, the 20th, we're reading Proverbs 20. Join us in reading the Bible. You want to get the word in your head and into your heart so you can grow towards salvation. How do we be holding this life? 
We need to be near his word. So I encourage you. The word should be part of your life. It is hard to be holy like he is holy. It is hard to love people. But through Christ, we can be holy in our living and holy in our loving. And when you are holy in your living and your loving, you will shine bright for Jesus. With that said, let us pray. Father, heaven, thank you so much for this morning, for your word that is true. Every one of us, Lord, we have the old code that we learned. And a lot of us love the old code. We have any, we're, we're really bad at learning the new code. Lord, help us have a, a love for you, a love for your son, and a love for your word. That your spirit may bring through your word wisdom, change. We want to obey you. We want to live our life according to your plan. Lord, you are so good. Thank you for dying that we may live. In Christ's name we ask all these things. Amen.